feel like once you get into salaries, unless you're making like ten to fifteen thousand dollar increments, it's not that big of a deal. Because if you get like a three thousand dollar raise and then divide it by twelve and divide it by, it's not a lot of money. People be people don't really look at the breakdown of money. Back to the lecture at hand. Welcome to the culture's money. The Culture's Money is a podcast created to discuss how we multiply the $1.2 trillion in spending power possessed by the American black community through the vehicles of investing, personal finance, ownership, networking, and most importantly, collaboration. We are the culture, baby, and we are the financing that we've been seeking. Now, let's get into this money talk. And here's your host, Jamal Vitos. Welcome back, culture members. This is another episode of The Culture's Money. I am your host, Jamal Vitos. Some of you may know me on social media platforms as Leo Grand Prince, but however it is that you know me, I hope you know me to be an advocate for financial literacy and financial wealth. Um, I'm happy to have another episode. I'm kind of wrapping up my guests. I haven't done any um, episodes of y'all with me just giving financial investing advice or anything like that. So I'm about to go do a whole series of that. I got a couple of more to record and then I'm going to get into that. But today I have another one of my Twitter, Instagram buddies on here. Um, she's part of the Black Women in Tech Uh I consider that that side of Twitter, but she also part of the what I consider the little ghetto part of Twitter, which I'm a part of as well. So I want y'all to say hi to Tria. Oh my God, I'm not ghetto. Oh, the tweets be ghetto. Let's be, let's don't lie to the listeners. They know I'll be ghetto. I tweet my tweets up. They are gone. <laughs> you deleted them? Yes, I did. They are gone. Oh wow, I I got so many tweets. I I can never delete them. Honestly, I'm reborn. Like, I'm reborn. Oh wow, we getting saved on here early on the um, yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. Okay, so um, me and Trey wanted to talk about financial literacy um, on this particular podcast. Well, everyone has well, the podcast is always about financial literacy, but I think I've been doing entrepreneurship for like eight to ten of them. So it's good to get back to the financial literacy part of it. Um, so in particular, let's kind of start off. With you specifically, Trey, when did you get introduced to like financial literacy or what was your upbringing or your experience with your family managing money and that type of thing? Um, I like to think that I come from a responsible household. Um, my dad is really good at saving money. He is really big on that. My mom is as well, but I don't know. I feel like I had a good balance. Like I'm very spoiled, but I also know the importance of saving money, the real meaning behind the dollar, why you do the things that you do, things like that. No matter how much money I've ever made, I've always saved something. So I feel like I'm pretty well rounded with that. I guess you can say. So when you say you, no matter how much uh, you've saved, uh, what's generally your percentage? Is it like ten percent? Is it more? So I was on Pinterest one day. This was maybe like a year or two ago. And I believe it said for every hundred dollars you make save forty. So I do that. You do forty percent? For every hundred dollars I make, I save forty dollars. Yeah. That is impressive. Now talk to me more about that because from a a uh, financial analyst standpoint to me that's quite a bit like you know companies can't even 
sometimes it's hard to make 40% profit in a quarter. You're saving 40% of every $100. Now, is that because you're on a tight budget? Like, how do, how do you manage to live comfortably and save that amount of money? Okay, so one, in order to save a certain amount, you have to make a certain amount. That's just realistic. I've never always saved $40 for every $100 I make. Like, in the past, I'll save, like, maybe $100 per paycheck or however much I'm feeling. But once I hit the six-figure range, um, I didn't start immediately. Um, I always save something. Like, I have three accounts. Well, two accounts now. But I've always had money taken out of my check. If a number sounds good to me, I'll just pick a number in my head and be like, okay, this amount of money will go to my check. Typically, between two to $400 per check will go into a savings account in the beginning. But now, um, I started really actively doing the 40%. And that's only because I'm really able to do it now because I almost really don't have no credit card debt. All I have is a car and, like, student loans. Well, nobody pays student loans. But anyway, my job business. So... <laughs> Me, honestly, I am, uh, I love shopping. I'm going to just be honest. I love shopping. I spend money. Um, I can be very frugal at times, but also I'm not cheap. So I do buy, like, I'm not really, lately I'm not big on designer stuff. That's just me personally. I, I buy nice things, though. I will say that. But, like, I don't follow, follow the trends. Like, oh, got to have this. Like, if I see something and I like it, I'll buy it. It doesn't matter the cost. That's how I am. But, honestly, since COVID, I just feel like it's definitely not hard to save money. But I honestly, lately, like, oh, actually, this check I did, this check I actually saved more than 40%. And I just came from vacation. But I don't even, I make a lot of money. I'm, I, I make a lot of money. I, it's more money than what I need in a month. I pay my bills. I pay rent, pay car. And I also like paying thing, paying things in bulk. Like I just pay my car insurance in bulk. I won't pay car insurance until January. Stuff like that. Like I live by myself. I don't have a whole bunch of bills. My thing is, if you make the money, pay off the things that you need to pay. Knock down monthly bills. More money you can keep in your pocket. That's how I am. I like saving money because I like to do what I want, when I want, how I want. I don't like being told no. So sometimes I can save a whole paycheck. Because one paycheck can cover all my bills and still have spending money. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, I want to go out here and buy a $1,200 bag. But my main thing is saving, one, because I'm in the middle of starting a business. But two, you never know what's going to happen. Nothing is promised. The job market, how it is with the pandemic, COVID. I just feel like saving something is better than nothing. I'm not telling everybody to save 40% because that really is a lot of money. But... Well, I don't think it's a lot of money, but once again, I make a certain amount of money. But something is better than nothing. Like I feel like when I was making like sixty, sixty-five thousand dollars, I was saving two hundred per paycheck. That's like four hundred dollars a month. That's not bad. Okay, I think you're saying something here that I've. I think I don't even think I've gotten into this argument a little bit. Well, maybe I've said a little bit uh, about it on Twitter, but there's this part of Twitter that likes to say you don't have a money management problem, you have an income problem. And I, with a passion, immensely hate that because I feel like your mindset, like kind of what you said, when you was making 60, you saved. 
And now that you're making six figures, you save. But if your money management was bad at 60, when you got to that six mm, figure, it still would have been bad. Exactly. And it still would have been my bad. thing was what I tell people what I had to get in my mind. I was young. You know, I, I got credit cards, all of that mess. I used to always say, God, I'm ready for six figures. And I had to sit myself down and have that real conversation. Like, you can't even handle, let's just be real, $40,000, $45,000 after taxes. What you going to do with six figures? So, and I've always really been good with money management. Like, I save money specifically for vacation. If you know me, I get up and travel. And I save money for emergencies. I'm just big on it. I don't care. I used to make $15 an hour and would save $50 per check. And my thing is with saving, once they go into an account, I don't see it unless, like, I go to check the balance or I really need it. I don't even call it, carry the debit card around with me because, what it emergency to me is my finger dangling off and I don't have no health insurance and Medicaid denied me. I'm gonna apply for something before I even reach for my savings account. Not Medicaid denied me. I make six yes. figures in Medicaid. <laughs> I'm just saying we gotta get into the habit of once you save it, what you touching it for, unless it's a real emergency or I feel like a lot of the times we save with no purpose. It's easier to save when you have a purpose or idea of what you want to do with the money. If you don't have an idea, I recommend maybe like a Roth IRA, something like that. But if you can't save on your own, then you got to, it has nothing to do with how much money you're making. It it comes down to your discipline, like you said. Okay. But this, this is maybe something we can talk about. I feel like both of us have a fairly big following on like Twitter and everything. And this is where I kind of get into a beast with some people who have big followings and they say certain things, kind of like you, they have the money, they might have good money management and they like luxury or anything. But my issue is not necessarily you having it and being able to spend it. People are following you. Exactly. You have an influence, whether you like it or not. And what you say carries weight. So in the era where some of us are making more money, People are trading, making more. I, I've seen more people make more money on investing on risky bets than I've seen in a long time. But is it, do you feel like it's the responsibility of all of us to teach each other financial literacy? Or is it just, oh, mind my business, stop minding people's paychecks? I'm 50 50. Only because I was, I was, I was like this. I watch my dad work, work hard, save money, boom. I watch my mother, mother be spoiled all her life, still have money. I can't, I don't even know if I ever watch my mother save, but I know my mother has financial literacy. My mother always tell me, do what I tell you to do, not do what I do. But my thing is, when we get on social media for me, and I get it, that's why, that is exactly why I deleted all my tweets because I'm, in the middle of building my brand, people following me. And it's so hard to separate your personal life from real life. And I feel like part part of it is, yes, it is our responsibility, but also everything starts at home. Why is your child or why is this grown man sitting here reading into my day-to-day tweets or life that deep like, this works for me. This may not work for you. Just because it doesn't work for me, that doesn't make it bad. What I'm saying is I make this amount of money. This is what I want to do with my money. 
you don't have to do that. That doesn't make that that doesn't make it right or wrong. I don't count people dollars and everything because I know how I feel for for people to do that to me. But at the same time, I do feel like it is our responsibility to drop gems and to, you know, try to navigate people in the proper direction. But at the same time, just because people have certain things, that don't mean, you know, they have the certain beliefs. Like I know people that make really good money and like luxury things. A lot of people nowadays they are into, and there's nothing wrong with vending, you know, that luxury, luxurious lifestyle and all of that. But then you also have the side where everybody's like, Oh, you need to invest. Oh, you need to think about tomorrow and think about wealth for the future. You got some people that think about the future and then you have some people that take it day by day. I feel like I'm in the middle. Some days I'm like, let me just save an extra thousand dollars just because. And then some days I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to treat myself. I can go out here and buy a $200 meal and I'll be perfectly fine. But I'm not telling everybody to do that because that $200 meal might mean you might not eat for the week. And that's, and particularly, that's what I'll be talking about. It's like, I've never think what I consider, like, it's not a competition between investing Twitter and making six-figure Twitter. Like, we, we're basically, we're basically okay. We're all managing the money how we want. You know, it's a, it's a meal of preference. The problem is there are people in the middle who are watching us. And but that's not our responsibility to is it or not when you get on social media is it not your responsibility is, it is but i i feel like it's all about how you carry it because for me i'm going to say yes right now in this moment yes because what i'm into mental health urban health things like that and working with kids i, I try my best to keep it classy be modest watch what i say but at the same time I'm still human. I'm still Trey from East Baltimore. You know, people who know me know these things. And I feel like, of course, it's my job to make sure I watch the things that I do and say when I'm around certain people. But where am I? Like, do I not have the freedom to also be me in a moment and be raw and honest sometimes without somebody being criticized? Like, I would never want to be famous. Like, I understand why Rihanna do the things that she do. I could never be famous. I wouldn't make it because I just got on Instagram a few weeks ago cussing and fussing because of, like, a whole bank situation. And people was like, wow, like, this is how you act. Yes, this is how I act. You think because people are engineers or work in tech that they not open. I'm subject to A. I'm subject to being human and having my moment and saying, fuck y'all. Fuck this shit. Black Lives Matter, this, 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 and this. People don't understand that. No, like, no, I don't I have no kids. Why you, do but... I have to be like, oh, man, let me button my pants. Somebody watching me today on Instagram or Twitter. Like, it's a lot. And a lot of the times we don't ask for these positions or these roles. And we still try to take on that. And I feel like as a whole, we need to be just 110% with people. Like, you are human. There's a time. I just feel like there's a time and place for everything. I feel like on Twitter, now I try to watch my tweets because anybody can see them. On Instagram, I have a business page and then I have a personal page. I need to make my personal page private so that I can be who I don't have you to want to be. What I say. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. No, it, it's, to me, it's like I'm so passionate about It's like for me, it's hard because before it became trendy, before there was Black Wealth Twitter, before there was you know, black in finance, black in tech. Like, yo, I was like really the only one of like three people I know were talking heavy black empowerment and black wealth creation. 
Now that it's become popular, now that it's become trendy, cool. I don't need to be the only person dropping gems, giving people information. But what you're not going to do is get on here and give people reckless ass information that will get them in financial trouble. That's where the culture is already in financial trouble. And because they aspire to be where you want to be, you have influence. That's a problem for me. And no, people may have not asked for the position. And no, you didn't ask to influence people. But if you're there, it's kind of like a, a what they call it. What's the what's the what's the word? Social responsibility or or social awareness? What what do corporations call this? It's like social awareness, and that's exactly why I'm not on social media as much anymore because it's a burden. It's it's too much. It's too much. And honestly, I feel like the youth and younger generations depend too much. We they are too codependent on social media and what other people have to say because it's not real life sometimes majority of the time is not even real life so or they just see things they don't see what it took to get there things like that i just i take social media like a grain of salt but you kind of making my point i feel knowing that people are perpetrating people be like on social media talking about i made 10 stacks some people made it on and some people scammed and y'all telling people it's easy to make that money when that may not necessarily be true, but you're perpetrating it in a way that I feel like I just want it to be kind of what you say, transparent. If we're going to say stuff, it needs to be a holistic picture and not a small picture, but I'm kind of getting off track. Let's move on to the, 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 another side of it. So we you recently started investing like i was there like you asked me some questions like kind of tell the people tell them the emotions you went through like in your first your first dive into it like you kind of took a break but tell them like what how it was for you it it's like a a a part-time job (laughs) and I don't even be on my phone like that anymore. I don't like notifications. You need to cut the notifications on. Something dropped. Something went up. It went left. It went right. You should buy into this stock, that stock. You got to get on. You, you should get on Twitter to see what's trending. Oh, got to buy into this. Got to do that. All It's a lot. Um, the 4X people and all the trading people, I, I'm not going to knock nobody hustle. I made a couple of dollars. I didn't get rich. I didn't make no, I didn't make thousands. I didn't do that. The people that do it, I commend you. The people that don't do it, I commend them as well. I just feel like everything is for everybody. Some people are into the, I don't want to say get money quick, but you get money quicker sometimes with stocks and investing and things like that versus some people feel like you're regular nine to five people. I feel like stick with what's what's best for you. I honestly, I'm gonna try to get back into it, but not right now. It's really a part-time job. I I can't at first it wasn't bad because I ain't had nothing to do. We was in the middle of the coronavirus. Now I'm just like, oh my god, I store foreclosing. What does this mean? What does that mean? It is a part-time job. You need you need to pay somebody to do it for you. That's exactly why I was gonna go to. I think it's like Fidelity, something like that. Fidelity. Yeah, fidelity. And just get somebody to do that. Like, just take a large sum of money and just invest it in a whole bunch of different stuff. Why, Trey? You mean to tell me you can't throw $1,000 in the market at 9 a.m. and make 1500 by 2 p.m.? 
how I, who who the who to do it with? I don't even know who to do it with. Because like, how do you know when it's going to go up or when it's going to go down? You're right, and, and, and it, it's how did how did it weigh on your emotions? Like, did it make you anxious? Did it make you nervous? Like, how was that? It wasn't too bad for me because I think I had only did like three hundred dollars. So, I mean, if I lost three hundred dollars, I would have been a little upset, but it wouldn't have been the end of the world. I've definitely been there. I told I told uh, the listeners um a couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes playing with options, trying to learn it for people that was asking me. I lost twenty five hundred dollars. Thank God I can afford to lose it, but Oh see, um, yeah, I would have been calling somebody to report my debit card stolen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to transfer the money from the checking account. So it's not, you can't say it's stolen, but but the, the the I was able to take that risk because I've had twelve years of personal investing experience. Like I knew the risk. I knew I would have to eat it if there was a risk. But again, uh, like you said, social media has made it like everyone can do it, and like even the the, the tweets alone can be overwhelming. And I actually know a good amount about Twitter. I mean, about investing, but on a daily basis, when I see people just throwing out random securities to people, I'll be like, yo, I know y'all overloading people. Yes. That's a lot of information. That's why I took a break from So it was just too much. And you don't even know what's true, what's not. It's, you got to cross-reference stuff. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to take a break from this for now. But it's not bad, though. I would definitely... Um, I remember we was talking about long-term investments. Mm-hmm. I've been looking into that. I'm definitely going to get back into that before I get back into just like, oh, let me see what this can do. Well, I this, think you said you already kind of in there. You say I think you brought up Raw 401 earlier. Yeah, so I have a Raw 401k and then uh, I don't want to debate with the people. I don't care for 401ks. I do have one, but I'll probably stop it eventually, but that's just my personal. Oh, let's get into that a little bit, like because people oh, always don't know no. the difference. Why? Why do you prefer your four hundred one k over your? No, I no don't buy- prefer my four hundred one k. I don't try. I don't. My thing is with the four hundred one k. Simple breakdown, quick to the point. What you put in, uh, it, once you hit a certain percentage of, if you invest a certain percentage, your job will match it. Fine. When you go to take your money out your account, when you go to retire. You have to pay taxes on it. The money that the companies invest in the and the the money that the companies match, all it is is the taxes. Yes, that is good. It's not actually coming from your money sometimes. But my thing is just take the money, put it somewhere else, let it gain interest, and avoid all the tax paying and all that because that 401k, honestly, now I don't even invest enough to even get the match, I don't think, because I, I be company hopping because I'm in tech. That's another thing. So once I make enough money where I can just save what I want on my own, skip the 401k, I'll take the Roth already. I do have one of those. I'm actually about to open up another one just on my own, but I, I, I'm I okay with the 401k. I'm good off of that. Yeah. I feel you, but just to provide a little context to people, this is why I've always told them, I was like, you should have a 401k and a Roth uh, RA, kind of to what your point is. And this is why I always tell people that I, I like the use of multiple financial vehicles, 401ks, Roth RAs, personal brokerage account, because they should work in conjunction. 
the 401 king, I feel like, like you said, because you get it in pre-tax, because the company's going to give you free money, that's why I should use it. I always tell people, if you don't have a company that matches, go straight to a Roth RRA. It's no use using the 401k. Stay away from it. But if your company does match up to a point, the reason it's good in retirement, and if you retire at the right age as opposed to taking out the money at 15, uh, 59 and a half and still working, nine times out of 10, if done correctly, your tax liability at retirement will be lower than it is now. For instance, you. Who like, is working for a company for that long to even see that 401k? I'm just saying a lot of millennials now aren't even working, sticking with companies. I can't see myself working for a company for 20, 30 years. Like, here's the running? beauty of it. And this is you can transfer it over. I right. see all of that. Right. But I'm just, oh, when it's a different company and it's, they use ADP, they use Fidelity, I'm just like, look, just mail me the check at this point. I don't... Well, that's what you do. And that's, well, you don't always have to converge. When I say conversion, what I'm talking about, you can either converge it over using a company, which is, I get what you're saying, is kind of bulky. But most of the time, when I'm saying converge it, I mean, cash the money out, pay a little bit of taxes on that. And then put that money in the new company's 401k. It's really easy. It's not that complicated. It is. And people just make it like if you're going to jump, especially if you're jumping kind of like me and you when you're in those blue chip uh, stock market companies where they mostly have 401ks, they're going to match, cash out the cash, get you a check, put it in there. So whether you spend three or five years at that company, yes, just take the 401k from hopping to hopping to hopping to hopping. But mind you, that's just one inconvenience. Yeah, you got to move the 401k around, but the Roth ROA should be somewhere at a Fidelity or at a bank where you don't have to move it. Your personal brokerage should be the the same way. So, yeah, a little inconvenience where if you move a company, you got to move your 401k. But that's free money. I never want you leaving on the table. Take I that. I if was you, just looking at my check like, oh, I should just bump my 401k up a little bit. But no. See, <laughs> see that's what I'm saying. If All right, say you move around the tech. You only had a company three years. That's three years they've been feeding into your 401k, Trey. You should get that. I guess. I mean, I have it now. I don't They not. I can't give them no more my check. I pay too much. I want my tax money. <laughs> I swear, I just, I'm tired of paying taxes. This is ghetto. You tired of paying taxes? Yes, I feel like a slave. People, the thing that people see, I want six figures after taxes. People just want six figures. It's a difference. But not only that, I'm not chasing the six figure salary no more because honestly, it's just, it's hard. To be, to it's be hard honest, to when people you say six figures, you really honestly, and this is from a financial analyst standpoint, you got to make at least one fifty to just bring to home six plus. Right, because you're no paying thirty five so in tax. That's with kids. That, that's if yeah. That's if you have a family and stuff. If you're single, you might need a little bit more than than one fifty. Yeah. No, if you're single, you need less than one fifty. If you got the kids, right. you might need more. I just I don't I don't I don't care to make any more money now because if they take any more of my money I'm gonna scream. Oh, here's okay. Let's talk about that. This is an interesting conversation. Do you know that statistically, and this is funny, most people ain't gonna believe it, 
But there is actually a survey that says people's level of happiness and comfortability caps at 75,000. You are no happy. Is that before or after taxes? So, oh, oh, that's that, that's a good argument. I like that. That's good. So, so they're, they're capped. And you're kind of proving my point. You're saying you don't want to make any more money because if they take any more taxes out, you just threw. You capped. Uh, I'm going to say that from working for somebody else, but... I'm taking I'm taking my money and investing in myself, so I'll I'll make six figures after taxes one way or another. But of course, if I if I can get more money, I will. But I feel like once you get into salaries, unless you're making like ten to fifteen thousand dollar increments, it's not that big of a deal. Because if you get like a three thousand dollar raise and then divide it by twelve and divide it by, 12, it's not a lot of money. People be people don't really look at the breakdown of money, but $75,000 after taxes is decent, but I mm-hmm. do feel like, well. But, that's be, but that kind of comes back to what we're talking about. As I a feel single like, person, yes. Now, as a single person, yes, I feel like it takes two people to survive comfortably if you live in a certain lifestyle. But it's not that. Kind of what you said about, I feel like people people's relationship with money it's not what they think it is. People just, they have these abstract ideas, but they, they really don't, don't have conceptual understanding. People don't know the real meaning behind a dollar or financial literacy. If you had, my thing is, if you're saving all of this money, but have a whole bunch of credit card debt, you really don't have no money. Right, because you got to subtract your liabilities and your burdens from your assets. So now exactly. you actually negative $25,000. Exactly. And a lot of the times people live above their means on credit, which makes it hard to even play catch up or save or get ahead because you out here living a lifestyle that you can never afford. Like a lot of people are buying homes. I don't understand how people are buying $200,000 homes making $40,000 after taxes. I like to think of the, the bank's predatory lending practice. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, student loans. Once again, it's like, yeah, I just, they, all the people that's buying homes, I commend y'all. I commend y'all. But coming from a six-figure nigga who don't have a house or a mortgage, congratulations. I, don't, I can't do it. But it's not just that. I feel like they're buying it for the, the wrong reason. There's this trend. It's, with a, people, clout. it's clout. Just it's that. Clout. And people talking about, oh, these starter homes and all that. Well, I yeah. have nothing wrong with the start of home, but for, well, it, it's it's certain conversations that I do and don't indulge in with certain people because realistically, certain people are on certain levels. Certain levels, I'm not on that. I don't have with people because we just aren't going to see eye to eye. When you, I feel like once you make a certain amount of money, I feel like I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money, but I also feel like. There are there should be some do's and don'ts or you know some things to just like get yourself ahead to give you a better safety net or blanket, something like that. Like you making six figures, you should have a savings account. I just feel like I'm gonna say six figures, a hundred thousand dollars after taxes, you still bring it home a good seventy, sixty-five, however much. You should be able to save ten thousand dollars in a year if you pay your bills correctly or I just I don't understand I don't I don't know I don't live a I don't live above my means I have before but 
not super bad. Like I've traveled the world making sixteen dollars an hour and and just made it happen. But I also didn't have rent. I didn't have a car. No people. People are fascinated with like materialistic items, not realizing like once you have access to those things, it's not even important anymore. Like those things don't matter because you can have all of those things and still not be happy. M- money helps with happiness, but it doesn't bring happiness as a whole. It's like, like it's, it's kind of like what you say with the luxury. Like I've had the I have the ability to buy certain things. I don't because it's remember, I don't know if you did, but I did. Remember you used to get into the 21 and over the clubs when you was in 21 and it was exciting mm-hmm. and stuff. And then once you became 21 and got in there, the shit didn't hit. It hit different. Exactly. That That's exactly how different. it is. It ain't hit the same. Once I was able to buy, you know, the the bottles of Rose and, Mo, and Moet, I thought that shit was, I thought that shit was hot because I really had to save to get it. Now that I can buy it, just no problem. Shit, that, yo, that drink don't hit the same. Like showing the bottle on Instagram and all that other stuff. Like, see, I've never really been out. See, I don't know. I go out, I do those things. Well, I used to, I don't know. Like, I'm not really a loud person. Like, I'd be on the scene here and there, but, but I don't, I I don't, I know what it's like to have luxury things. So, like, I have red bottles and a Louis bag. I have those things, but for me, I'd rather spend my money on a plane ticket. Yeah, something like that. You love your foreign countries. There we go. I'm not I I just don't I'm not I have designer shoes. They hurt first of all. If you don't have designer shoes, I don't recommend Yo, sure red bottom again. What the designer shoes do? They hurt. <laughs> don't let these people lie to you. Red bottoms hurt. First of all, they aren't even built correctly for a woman to even walk so Kate. They aren't they aren't correct. You're supposed to get the heel custom down, cut down to a size because your foot is just not it's Designer shoes hurt. Y'all look crazy and y'all McQueens, they hurt. Like, I mean, to each his own. You like it. I love it. I don't care. I don't judge. I'm still going to show up in my Yeezys on my Nikes. It's just, that's just me. But yeah, when people a- think that because you don't do it or you're not real loud that you're not doing it or you don't have it or you lack something. Or you're like, hating. If, don't forget they you think you're hating. Yeah, I had a guy tell me like, oh, my name ring bells in the street. And I'm looking like, what streets? I'm from the hood. I never heard of you. And he was Look like, that, I never that, that name heard ring of bells you. on the ice cream truck. And he goes, well, what do you do? And then I'm like, oh, I'm a black woman in tech. And he got real quiet. Well, where you been? All around the world and back. And then you looking around, people shaking their head. Now you looking stupid. Was it because I had clear glasses on and a ponytail and I look 16 today? Or was it because you just thought you could try me? Because I'm not understanding. Because I touch more money in a month than you probably touched in your life. So... But then when I say stuff like that, oh, you're an angry black woman, or you real independent, you don't need a man. It's just, yeah, I, I didn't hear it all. So. What you mean? They can't be talking worse about you. They tell me I need to mind my business in people's pockets all the time when I'm just like, I'm just worried about people's forever and not there right now. Yeah, some people don't live for, honestly, tomorrow isn't even promised anymore. So everybody, Dior, Dior. It's funny. This is the conversation I needed. I think all of my other podcasts have been pretty buttoned up. But I think an honest conversation about money and why people feel the need to spend it or touch it and all that. I think it needs to be talked about in a raw and honest way more often because it's not like, yo, I want you to get the McLarens or whatever, but I want to make sure that your kid, if they have a choice to go to college or build a business, it's not a if they I, can't, or my if. thing is, 
I, I'm not going to count nobody dollars. But you're not going to be on Instagram and Twitter, Gucci down, design it down, and then something happened, God forbid, and it's a go for me. When life insurance costs roughly maybe $20 if you get the good stuff. $20? I'm paying twelve eighteen a month, and that's half oh. a million policy. Okay, so $12 a month, and you Gucci down, you couldn't get like. It's just all about being smart. I'm not judging nobody. I'm not counting their dollars, but it's no way you have an outfit on that costs about sometimes ten thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars, and you don't have any life insurance. And it's a go for me this and a go for me that. Where that's that's ignorant to me. I just I can't support it. And that's when I think it's people's place to step in and be like, okay. You buying these nice designer things, but it's your tomorrow set up if anything happens or what happened. I feel like when the pandemic started, I saw a lot of people selling designer stuff. Oh, Trey, you better not. I did. I was I, I tweeted that. I was like, what's going on? I feel like if you can't afford it twice, then you can't afford it. If you can't buy it twice, then you can't afford it. Sometimes three times. If you can't buy it three times, then you can't afford it. Shit, I did I just said on Twitter today that if you buy it. And got show social media and brag about it. You can't afford it. Pretty much, yeah. I don't. I'd be too scared to do stuff like that. I'm from the hood, you might get robbed or something. Yo, what a trip! I told somebody today. I said I'm from Baltimore. The more money I get, the less likely I'm able to show you where mm-hmm. I live because y'all ain't gonna throw me a party. I'm gonna oh, be it's, working for this rob. It's, it's it's less than five people that always know where I live at. Um, y'all ain't gonna rob me. You have to work for your homeboys to throw me a party. I'm telling you. I live in a gated. I live in a gated uh, home. I'm serious. So, before we wrap up, give me, give give the people a last sound about last sound sound bite. I can't talk about financial literacy and what you just think needs to be addressed more. I feel like you can save. I, I feel like if if people one walk in their own truth, live in their shit, come in, come to their reality that this is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. There's a difference between where you at and where you want to be. There's a difference between what's real and what's reality. I tell people this all the time. What's real is the money in your account. Reality is you have bills. You can't afford certain things and that's okay. If you, if it's a certain lifestyle that you want to live, grind it out. Work hard for it. I'm not knocking nobody for the. You work hard. If you want to go in and buy a $5,000 purse, do your thing because you worked hard for it. If that's the lifestyle that you want to live, that's the lifestyle that you want to live. If it's not, then it's not. But I, I don't knock nobody for how they move. Like, I don't knock your traders, your investors, your Forex people, your nine to fivers. Oh, we're going to knock the Forex because they scam it. So hold up. Are they really, though? Because I've been trying to hold up because now my head itches. If anybody knows, you would know. You should have been to me today. So... Okay, so from my understanding, if, if I'm correct, because I know a lot of people that do it, my only issue with them is, one, it's force-fed, and two, I feel like, I just find it funny how people be like, oh, put your nine to five, are you tired? Well, who are you talking to? Because black Twitter tech, black people on tech, we not, we not worried about no money. We not worried about our nine to five because we built our own level of comfort. So I will say that. So I don't compete where I don't compare, but... It's like, oh, you pay $250 to be in the resources. But I'm like, if you want to get access to the market, I don't think. No, let me make this very clear. Those people who in your DMs saying, let me introduce you to this business opportunity are scamming. 
Forex itself is a real thing. It's a currency exchange. It's where you, you know, you betting against the euro, against the dollar, mm-hmm. again against the euro, all that good stuff. You can do that on the natural market, no problem. These people who are trying to get you in their Forex team, it's a goddamn pyramid scheme. Stay away from it. If you want to do Forex, I'd rather you get a, a goddamn financial advisor and let them negotiate you in the right way. But these motherfreakers on Twitter and, and Instagram in your DM, hell no, I won't go. I don't even check DMs, so I wasn't uh, but, considering it, but yeah. Stay away from it. But I do want to wrap up and tell, tell them about your uh, It's Girls. I want to say it right. What's your What's your website? The blog. So I have a blog. It's It Talks with It Girl TC. It's anonymous blogging, but right now I'm just on Instagram. A little bit of motivational speaking. March 2021, I will be opening up my PRP practice. It's a psychiatric rehabilitation program, gets to War Urban Health in East Baltimore. Focusing on kids, I will be taking adults as well. But this is my baby. And yes, look forward. Look, look, look out for that. If you can follow me on Instagram, it girl TC or Urban Health LLC. All right. We like we definitely like to thank Tria for coming on and giving us. I want to call it the real of the real. I needed me. She she felt like she didn't wanted to be this raw today. I felt like I needed one of these episodes to kind of bring me back because I always feel like I'm kind of too buttoned up on here because I think they see me wilding out enough on Twitter. But I felt like this was good financial literacy, like from real people who making money, who who's had no money before, who just like giving people the the quick and dirty of it all. Um, I'm sure we'll have Trey on here later. I definitely want you to come on and talk about. Um, the uh, nonprofit when it launches and all that because I feel like the community, in addition to all the money that we're making, need to be giving people giving back. Freak the, the Birkin bags and all that. Are you feeding into these communities that need a five thousand dollar donation? Let's talk about that. I um, don't have a five thousand dollar donation, but I am willing to take a five thousand dollar donation. I'm always <laughs> accepting donations. You can cash at me at Trail or PayPal. Me. Oh, okay. That sounds like we're going to run Trail nice little um, what they call them, fundraisers. I'm yeah, uh, I take Birkin bags too. I do take designer stuff. I just don't like to spend my own money on it. And honestly, I mean, please discuss it with me before you buy it because I might want the money to invest in my business. I'm okay. I can buy my own Chanel bag, baby. Invest in my business. Oh, okay. We gonna wrap it. <laughs> <laughs> we thank Trey for coming on. And as usual, this has been The Culture's Money. I'm going to check y'all with the next episode. Holla. That's right. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Culture's Money. You can follow Jamal on Instagram and Twitter at Leo Grand Prince. That's Leo Grand Prince. You can also get in contact with Jamal via Facebook and LinkedIn. Just type in his name. That's Jamal, J-A-M-A-A-L, Vitos, V-E-T-O-S-E. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time right here on The Culture's Money, baby.